welcome to another episode of Disrupt. I'm Bob Holly with Home Healthcare News. Before we jump into my conversation with Interim Healthcare's Jennifer Sheets, I want to give a shout out to our podcast sponsor, HomeCare Homebase, whose powerful cloud-based home health software streamlines virtually every aspect of your business, spends less time on paperwork, and more time delivering quality care to the patients who need you. Visit hchb.com to learn more. You know the franchise, Interim Healthcare. You know its model, or at least you think you do. But do you know its president and CEO? Jennifer Sheets isn't exactly new to Interim, having taken over the large home-based care franchise at the onset of 2019. She spent months learning the ins and outs of the more than 50-year-old business, and now she's leading it in a fresh new direction. We'll dig into things more in just a second, but that direction broadly falls under Interim's home life enrichment strategy, that's going to play a big part of Interim's future, as well as staffing business, technology, and more. I recently caught up with Jennifer, a nurse by training, to learn all about Interim's past, present, and future plans. Joining me now on the line from Sunrise, Florida, is Interim Healthcare CEO, Jennifer Sheets. Jennifer, it's always a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me on the show, Robert. All right. Well, we have a lot to cover today, as always. Interim's obviously one of the more prominent at-home care organizations that we cover. You're doing a lot of really cool things. So looking forward to digging into your plans for 2019 and beyond. Before that, though, I wanted to talk a little bit about your background. You're a nurse by training, correct? Correct. I actually started my career as a trauma and transplant ICU nurse in East Tennessee, And I maintain my continuous education requirements and multi-state licensure to this day. Even though I I don't serve as a bedside nurse now, I will always be passionate about my role as a patient advocate. And I really find that using many of the skills I learned working with patients on the job, including empathy, complex problem solving, continuous process, you know, improvement and communication, um, have really carried through to my job today. I would say a couple of examples. Um, Having started my career as an RN, I am acutely aware of the dedication and heart it takes to serve others. I understand the sacrifices that nurses make and the long hours and hard work put into caring for patients. Nurses have this natural calling to serve others, and I see it every single day in the nurses and caregivers that I get to work with across the country. They really are the heartbeat of any healthcare company. And for me personally, As decisions are being made at the national level, I never want to forget what it was like to work night shift in the ICU on Christmas Eve, wondering if the leaders even knew I was there, sacrificing my own time to care for patients that needed me. You know, a couple of other points that nurses bring to the table as far as skill sets, you know, nurses really are the champions of assessing and connecting multiple data points to identify a problem, developing a theory or an intervention, and then working towards a solution. The nursing care plan embodies continuous process improvement mindset, and it really did so well before it was kind of the catchy term that's used in so many businesses today. The final one, I would say, communication. From the minute a patient enters the office or a hospital, effective communication with them and their families throughout the healthcare journey is typically the responsibility of the nurse. And so the ability to communicate and listen really is a critical skill set, particularly in today's collaborative you know, care provider setting. I can't even imagine working in a trauma setting. Uh, I imagine there's a lot of challenges that come along with that. So you joined Interim at the start of 2019. How did you go from you know nurse 
to CEO of a really, really big at-home care company. What has that overall career arc been like? Well, throughout my career, I've always been drawn to service and impacting the delivery of healthcare to ensure that people have access to the highest quality, most efficient levels of care that they deserve. You know, as we talked about, I began my career as a trauma and transplant ICU nurse because I wanted to work in the most challenging setting and in one where I really felt like I could make a difference in a person's life. I later advanced to chief clinical innovation and executive roles, both in the hospital and the home health sectors, including my role today as president and CEO of Interim Healthcare and Caring Brands International. My father died unexpectedly as a result of a medical error and one that could have been so easily prevented if best, best practice and standard process had just been followed. And obviously, that was a very impactful event in my life. You know, it was one where a father and a husband and a successful company president was, was taken from this life way too soon. And this event further fueled my passion to seek roles where I could have the greatest impact and thought leadership around keeping patients happy and healthy at home whenever possible. And ultimately, that's when I made the shift in, into home care. And I've had the privilege over, you know, the past 20 years in healthcare management, in home health and hospital settings, serving as senior leadership roles, you know, accountable for overall operations, innovation, growth, acquisition strategy, quality, clinical care models, and population health, and it really all fits together. For me personally, I, I believe the knowledge that I gained on both sides of the healthcare continuum, both the acute and post-acute worlds, has really allowed me to see firsthand how disconnected our healthcare delivery system really is. As a hospital CEO, for example, I was not thinking about home care or methods to keep my patients out of the hospital. And hospice, was a completely foreign concept to me until I experienced firsthand the benefit of that service. So again, that's, that's why when it quickly became my passion and my life's work to figure out how to connect those dots so that care could be provided in a seamless, coordinated way to deliver the highest quality in the most efficient and effective setting. Yeah, I was about to ask, so out of all the different settings that you've worked in, the home's clearly the best one, right? It really is. I mean, it, there's a need for acute care services, certainly, but the reality is people want to age in place. It's where the outcomes are better. It's where they want to be. It's where they have the support. And uh, it's certainly a setting I'm, I'm very passionate about. So I, I know it always takes a while to get settled into a leadership position or in any new job for that matter. What were some of the observations you made initially coming into interim about the state of the organization, which has been around for a long time? And what are your priorities today now that you've settled in? Well, first, let me say I am extremely lucky to have the opportunity to build on interim healthcare's legacy of over 50 years in the industry with a culture of integrity and service. You know, interim healthcare was the first home care agency in the U.S. And this has really allowed me to run a lot faster than when you typically come into a company at this size and scale. Working with Caring Brands International companies, it's become clear to me that we are all trying to solve the same issues within our industry. I can sit in Australia or in the UK or in Ireland and everybody's trying to solve the same problem. We're trying to increase the supply of talent to meet the demand that we face. There's a gap in education of what home care provides and what's covered. There are variances in quality of home care agencies across the globe. 
And my goal is to collaborate and leverage our global footprint to bring solutions to the table in a much more coordinated fashion, not solving problems in isolation, because I really do believe that collectively we are so much stronger. My other focus is to really try and, again, break down those silos across the continuum and and improve the coordination of care. I know I talk about it a lot, but it is so impactful if we can get it right. There's so many benefits if we can just figure this out. You know, not only does it help patients and their family members gain control over their medical journey towards the path that they are most comfortable with, but it also has been medically proven to result in more successful outcomes in partnership with the patient. The primary health care team is guided by what is best needed and helpful to that specific patient and that specific family. Other priorities for me, education. At a high level, I'm very passionate about educating more people about the value of home care. The two things that I've consistently heard over my career are, number one, I wish I had known about this service sooner because I felt like I could breathe again. And number two, this is a service and type of support just as much for the family caregivers as it is for the patient. So we need to make sure more people are aware of it before they're in the middle of that healthcare crisis. Specialty programs, that leads right into the need for um, more complex coordinated care. Uh, Last year, we strengthened our ability to offer exemplary dementia care when we incorporated the teachings of Tepa's Nose Organization Positive Approach to Care into our education curriculum. We couple that with a long history of caring for people. This endeavor has really proven phenomenally successful, and so now we're expanding to a more holistic cognitive care program, which will really encompass all other types of cognitive impairments. And it will allow us to expand our training for our caregivers that will then lead to retention and keeping the best caregivers out there. And as our population continues to change, we're going to see more and more people who need to transition to home-based programs, even things such as hospice care, And we're going to continue to see more specialized programs being developed, especially around comfort and symptom management to allow people to age in place. A couple of other initiatives for us, technology. Technology really has the potential to transform the industry in the year ahead. Home care providers really need to pick and choose the right tools for their patients. We are focused on finding the right solutions for our business. And I look for new technology to both improve the health and happiness of clients at home and to make business processes more efficient. And then finally, as we talked about earlier, you know, recruiting is a challenge across the entire industry. And as a former nurse, I understand how rewarding it can be caring for a patient. But I also remember how emotionally and physically exhausting it is at times. So another top priority for me is finding opportunities to support our caregivers out there that are closest to the bedside. So in your last response, you mentioned, you know, learning things during visits to Australia or UK. Some of our listeners might not really be familiar with Interim as an organization and how it fits into the larger Caring Brands International system. Could you just kind of recap that relationship quickly for them? Sure. Caring Brands International is made up of three companies. The first, of course, is Interim Healthcare, which is the the largest, and it covers the United States. Then we have Bluebird Care, which is in the UK and Ireland, and Just Better Care, which is in Australia. Thank you for that. And um, you mentioned breaking down silos. That's, you know, a phrase that we hear really often here at Home Healthcare News. 
Is there one particular silo, so to speak, that's often the most problematic, whether that's between, you know, the hospital and the home care provider or the physician and the home care provider, or even just internally within different parts of one provider? Honestly, I would say all of the above. And I think that the real challenge is systems don't talk to each other or very few. So it's very hard to to have that continuum in communication across each setting. I think that's one of the biggest challenges. And then on top of that, if you think about large hospital systems, for example, you may have a group of hospitalists that are serving that hospital that transition out every few months. So it's it's challenging you educate one group of hospitalists, for example, about home care options in that community. And then six months later, it's a whole new group of physicians. Mm-hmm. You also have same thing with case management departments and, and other specialists that are in. So honestly, I think there is such an opportunity across the board really to connect the settings. It's not so much about what people are doing within their setting. Everybody is doing their best to provide the best care that they can in their particular setting and that time period that they can can touch and impact that patient. But we're not connecting the dots in communication. So if we're missing some critical piece of information, the care is not as good as it could be. And so that's really what I talk about when I mean breaking down the silos. It is how do we make sure we're communicating? How do we make sure when somebody goes to the hospital that the person from the minute they, the ER physician, for example, sees that patient, they know all of those social determinants that we know because we're in the home that are impacting this person's ability to heal. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, shifting gears a little bit, you were actually one of our speakers at this year's Home Healthcare News Summit in Chicago that took place in September. We actually got the chance to talk not too long ago, and you seemed really excited about this new direction you're helping to lead Interim. It's a new strategy called Home Life Enrichment, which I think you've touched on a little bit so far during this conversation. Could you just dive a little bit deeper into that? What's Home Life Enrichment all about? Sure, I'd be happy to, and it really builds on on the last question you just asked. And Studies show that when care is personalized to meet people's unique needs, incorporating all the factors that influence their health, seniors are more empowered to live their best life. As a nurse at times working long shifts, I would remind myself of my why. Why do I do this job? Why am I committed to a career in caring for others when there are much easier, safer directions I could have taken my career? And to this day, I keep a whiteboard in my office filled with notes of appreciation from former patients, peers, leaders, and employees. And it's really a source of where I draw strength and conviction on days when healthcare can be particularly challenging. For interim healthcare, I believe a part of our why is understanding how frightening it can be to depend on others for daily care. No one wants to be a burden to family or friends, and no one wants to lose their independence. Those concerns are the motivation behind the creation of home life enrichment. And in short, home life enrichment supports the mind and body. It lifts the spirit. It supports loved ones in a way that makes life worth living. It empowers patients and their families and opens the way for a more engaged existence at home. We work with each family and their individual situation to develop specific protocols and activities designed to turn each day into a comfortable flow of engaging, fun, interactive events that stimulate the brain, improve motor function, and help seniors experience laughter, hope, and happiness. That's really what home life enrichment is all about. So there's obviously thousands of home care providers out there. 
there's a lot of competitors. It's it's a competitive industry. How is home life enrichment and that philosophy, how is that going to position Intrum to compete in this uber competitive landscape moving forward into 2020 and beyond? That's a great question. You know, from my perspective, as the aging population grows, the complexity of multiple diagnoses people are trying to manage, and all of those social determinants that we've been talking about that affect health and wellness, it is critical that we are able to meet and enrich people's needs through a variety of service offerings at every stage of care. We're seeing the healthcare industry shift towards value-based care models and population health, and this requires a more holistic view of patient care. It's time that this philosophy comes to home care, and that, again, that's what home life enrichment's about. It's about having a more active approach to home care, and we believe that there is so much potential when you treat every single client as an individual with unique needs, desires, and dreams. The whole person and individualized approach allows us to look for ways to empower people at home. This is what will separate one home care agency from another, in my opinion. Interim was the first company in home care in the United States and is really leading the industry forward with a whole person approach to care. And we believe that this approach, along with our 50 you know, plus years of experience, will continue to drive success for our businesses, franchisees, and caregivers. All right. So we talked about breaking down silos. We talked about home life enrichments. You noted how tech and education are also priorities for you right now. What else are you excited about? What else is going on at Intrum, which I'll note for our listeners, is a very diverse organization that provides all sorts of care. That's correct. We provide care from pediatrics through end-of-life hospice care. I would say a couple of things come to mind. First, from a technology standpoint, we are focused on looking at the right enhancements and innovation in our space to differentiate interim in every single market. This includes investing and enhancing our technology capabilities to break down those barriers across the continuum. Understanding social determinants of health and practicing in that full continuum of care, we need to focus on every factor that impacts an individual's well-being, not just their health condition. So we're looking at things like preventative medicine, wellness programs. We're expanding our hospice care offering. As our population continues to change, we're going to see more and more people who need to transition to home-based programs, such as hospice care. We will see more specialized programs being developed across the industry, especially, again, those around comfort, symptom management, and the ability to stay home. We are going to further expand our staffing offering. The U.S. staffing industry recorded its 10th consecutive year of growth in the U.S. The industry has grown from a recession low of $83.2 billion in 2009 to a record $152.1 billion protected this year. As 3% growth forecast is projected for the U.S. staffing industry with revenue growth in many segments led by expansion in bill rates and pay rates rather than volume. So it's a unique time in the staffing industry. In the U.S. staffing healthcare um, segment, 4% growth is projected due primarily to the secular trend of rising spending from an aging U.S. population and cyclical expansion in the U.S. economy. However, and to no surprise, the scarcity of talent still holds true across most industries, which brings me to, to another item that I'm pretty excited about, and that is strategic partnerships. 
with changing regulations and increasing demands, combined with that need for more coordinated care, organizations and facilities will be unable to survive on their own. They're going to have to look for more strategic partnerships in their communities in order to respond. Collaborative, community-based partnerships are needed to provide quality of care for lower costs. We're exploring partnerships to support veterans, for example, identifying ways that we can better partner with them in the transition from military service to civilian life. We've also made many partnerships within industry organizations in which we all work towards greater goals of providing the very best care that we can in the markets that we all serve. And people, I will say, just a, a shout out internally, people are noticing the huge impact that we're having in this space that we call home. For 2019, for example, Interim Healthcare won the Optimist Award for Recruiting. It's given by Workforce Magazine. Interim ranks on the Staffing Industry Analyst 2019 Annual List, number 45 on the Staffing Industry Largest Healthcare Staffing Firms, and number 10 on the Per Diem Staffing List. In addition to that, named franchisees top 200 in 2019 and top 100 global franchise by franchise direct. And number one, this is pretty exciting, but received number one in the senior care cap category of Entrepreneurs 40th Annual Edition 500 ranking. So we're pretty excited that people are noticing all the good work that, that we're doing out there. And, and we want to continue to lead the pack and bring new creative thinking to the table. So I'm always learning something new every single day in this role. I didn't realize staffing was such a big part of what Interim is doing. And I also really didn't realize how booming kind of the staffing space is. So that's definitely something interesting to learn. I wanted to follow up on, on something that I think is kind of interesting that I, I recently read in the news. HHS is floating this idea of a Peace Corp for caregivers. Have you heard about that at all, Slash? Do you think that that could maybe help fill some holes in terms of caregivers in the home? Yeah, I haven't heard a lot about it other than just a headline. I think anytime you can connect caregivers to the mission and the vision of providing higher quality care to people, you're going to connect with them. You know, again, I think caregivers are called into this line of work, especially when you think about how difficult it is, how physically taxing it is, and, and the, you know, the, the state rates of pay certainly haven't kept up with other industries. And so I think anytime you can connect to the heart of what we do, it's a good idea. Just in case you need a reminder, this is Bob Holly with Home Healthcare News, and I'm speaking with Interim Healthcare CEO, Jennifer Sheets. Jennifer, again, during the Home Healthcare News Summit, you spent some time talking about, you know, workforce issues to kind of stay on this topic, what Interim is doing to attract and retain its caregivers. What are some of the creative approaches that you're taking on that front? For example, uh, this is going to test my memory a little bit. I think you mentioned how you, you you do exit interviews, but you also do something called stay interviews as well, for example. Correct. You know, at Interim, we believe it is critical to check in with our employees at every stage of their journey with us. So our stay interviews complement the exit interview. And the idea is that we pull a random selection of employees and ask, why are you here? What makes you stay? What makes you come to work every day? And what would make you leave? And by doing this, we're actually catching employees at a time where they might be considering leaving and evaluating what does and doesn't work for them. 
we're also catching them at a time that hopefully is a positive interaction versus an exit interview, which is sometimes, you know, uh, met with complacency or a, a negative connotation. So it really allows us to act quickly and to create retention tactics for our employees. The reality is we are facing both a caregiver and a nursing shortage. And the need to recruit and retain caregivers is important now more than ever before. At Interim Healthcare, we have invested in specialized training programs and professional development opportunities to help attract and keep top talent. And we'll continue to look for opportunities to hire, again, mission-oriented professionals to our network. We've developed training programs and tools to really help our owners with identifying and recruiting great caregivers that truly want to work in this industry. And again, it's not an easy industry to work in. An equally big issue is really around retention. If you get great at recruiting, that's only half the story, and you still may lose sight of figuring out how to keep these employees, or it's just going to be this revolving door. At Interim, a lot of our focus has really been around training in both of these areas, recruiting and retention, and it can't be one without the other. We talked about low pay issues. It is a challenge, not just for Interim, but for anybody, again, in the home health space. And caring for high-needs patients is far more stressful, demanding, and dangerous than, for example, a fast food job. And putting the two industries in direct competition for the same labor pool is tough, but that's the reality that we have because of the pay rates that we have to work with. The existing pool is prone to higher turnover where there's long hours, tough conditions, and complex cases. You know, that all leads to burnout. So we have to figure out how to intervene early to support our caregivers and our nurses throughout their, their time with us. And uh, what, what else is Interim doing on that retention and recruiting front? So we are also passionate about providing opportunities for our employees to learn because this growth not only benefits them, but it also impacts the success of our business. Better trained employees are more knowledgeable about their job and their responsibilities which gives them pride in their role, which leads to better outcomes, better performance and retention. Employees who feel valued are easier to retain and have the knowledge to provide better care to our patients and our clients. Additionally, many of our franchisees are participating in a lot of areas that we've developed to improve retention rates. For example, we've launched a PIN program and the PIN program is a tiered learning opportunity for care professionals. We offer eight levels of internal certifications free of charge to a care professional who's interested in progressing in their career. We also offer customer service excellence programs, and that's training and programs that are geared towards the treatment of candidates and employees as customers. Many times there is this focus on addressing the needs of our clients and our patients and providing them with a high level of customer service. But we don't want to forget that we should have that same level of customer service excellence with candidates and employees. Things like red carpet welcome initiatives, which in- ensures new hires have an amazing onboarding experience. You know, from the time they enter the building, it's welcome signs, it's balloons, it's breakfast, the tour of the office, introduction to staff, you know, new hire corner of the newsletter where they see their pictures. We do 30, 60, and 90-day touch points with new hires. And again, it's so that we're getting real-time feedback to figure out what's working and what's not and build that into our continuous process mentality and correct on the spot so that each time somebody's entering, it's getting a little better and a little better. 
We offer a mentor buddy system for our new hires so that they have a resource either within their same office or at a sister location that they can tap into when they're in need of support or they have a question. We do a lot of rewards, things like gift cards and days off, apparel, internal recognition programs, point system that recognizes things like picking up extra shifts or working on your birthday. Again, going back to that, let's never forget that these people are sacrificing really important time to be providing care. And so we wanted to figure out how we recognize that. So we award points for things like that. And then really customer service kind of manager training. How do we make sure that we really do see this this group, the employees, caregivers, potential employees, potential caregivers as, as a group that really needs to receive that same level of customer service excellence that we provide to our patients. All right. Kind of big picture question here, and it's a two-parter, so be prepared. Going back to your time spent in the nursing world, how has the delivery of in-home care kind of changed from then and now, you know, maybe from 10 years ago to today in 2019? And then the second part of this question, looking further ahead, how do you think it's going to change, you know, in the next 10 years? A trend to this conversation, for example, has been social determinants of health. Is is that really going to be maybe the the trend that continues? Oh, absolutely. I believe that that trend will continue. And, you know, I believe that the future of healthcare is going to look very, very different than it does today. It's going to continue to evolve. You know, in the past, home care was really about addressing a patient's physical needs. Now we're already moving towards addressing the whole person, and that's where those social determinants come in caring for the mind, the body, the spirit, and the family. And today, we do not just address patients' needs anymore. We bring in the family, and we make sure that we're aligning with their expectations for care. I believe that healthcare is going to transition from episodic, which it is now, the way that we're paid now, to continuous care. You know, today, care is low-frequency, acute care focus, centered in brick-and-mortar institutions. And I believe tomorrow, care will be continuous, connected, virtual, on-demand, synchronous, at least that's my hope, that's my dream. Today, care plans exist along a single thread with accountability only at the point of care. And I believe tomorrow, consumers will be more informed and caregivers will be more accountable. Care will be team-based and interoperable. Healthcare in the future will transform from the generic that we so often see today to the specific individualized care. Care delivery today is really this one-size-fits-all. I say that a lot. And data is isolated in silos at a single point in time. So how do we make care scalable and dynamic? And that's where I think we're going to see a lot of technology players entering into the field. And together, I think we have to amplify our critical role in home healthcare, in the future of healthcare, and work together to showcase the essential function of this service that we provide. How do in-home care providers need to be tracking outcomes and rehospitalization rates? That's something that the industry hasn't really done before. And then what, what is Interim specifically doing? Anything you could share publicly? Sure, a couple things. So we're really big on tracking results from how we measure the client experiences. For example, for us on the patient or the client side, instead of measuring hospital days or readmission days, which are very important, Everybody in the industry measures those. 
we wanted to switch and measure happy, healthy days at home because in reality, that is what we all should be driving towards. For employees, we launched an applicant tracking system and a job board that franchise owners can leverage to source clinical and non-clinical candidates. Owners benefit from access to intelligence tools. So there's some artificial intelligence built in, benchmarks, reports that really help them more accurately and efficiently match the caregiver to their patient in their local market. We know from our research and our focus groups that one of the most important things to caregivers, nurses, therapists is that match to the patient that they're providing care for. So we've built in a, a lot of technology around helping facilitate that perfect match. And um, I'm just thinking too, you know, in in terms of implementing new tech initiatives, I imagine that could be difficult to do within the franchise model. Maybe not all owners are on board with something, or maybe everybody has their own uh, way to do something. Has that been a challenge that you've seen? I think it's definitely a challenge. I don't believe that it's isolated to the franchise world only. I will tell you in my previous role, exact same challenge of multiple systems across different levels of care, different healthcare settings. There is a challenge in any time that you have more than one system where you are capturing clinical information, demographics, trending information. And so I think finding that solution, whether you're in a franchise organization or just have a large footprint with multiple service lines, finding that solution that can pull all that data into one repository where you can, again, help not only to drive the appropriate connected care, but you can also pull together outcomes to see what's working and what's not and how we can work together collectively as an industry to move things forward. All right. So we talked about Interim's past. We talked about its presence. Lots of changes in store for providers throughout the rest of this year and next year. What's next for Interim? Uh, What's on tap? Well, first, I would say our industry certainly shows no signs of slowing down. I really believe the vital services that we deliver will become even more critical in the future. This is a time of tremendous opportunity with virtually limitless horizons in home health care in particular. We have a chance here to make a real difference, not only in the lives of the people that we serve, but in the future of our business and our industry. All I see, honestly, is an open road ahead. I believe Interim Healthcare has the commitment, dedication, and desire to lead in transforming the image of traditional home healthcare. That's the future I see for Interim, and that's the future I see for this industry we call home care. Well, I could stay on the phone all day, but sadly, that's all we have time for on this episode of Disrupt. That, again, was Interim Healthcare CEO, Jennifer Sheets. Jennifer, thank you so much for your time today, uh, giving us a peek into what's going on at Interim. Thank you so much for having me. I've enjoyed it. Thanks for listening to this episode of Disrupt. For more news and insights on the home health, home care, and hospice industries, subscribe to our daily or weekly newsletters at homehealthcarenews.com. I'm Bob Holly, and this has been a production of Aging Media Network, Chicago, Illinois.